Welcome to another edition of the weekly daily fantasy football podcast on the IB Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Keith Fleming. With me, as always, the man with the stats, Joe Matz, is here. Uh, And this is going to be our final preseason fantasy podcast. We're going to cover risers and fallers on draft boards. And so since we're doing one last podcast for a season start, we brought on a guest. We're very happy to have Mike Talenko here. He is the at third Mike. He's a uh, dynasty, or excuse me, I can't even talk, a dynasty columnist at IBT Media. It's in between media. He combines cognitive theory, decision-making theories, and life experiences to help you overcome biases while making the tough decisions in fantasy football and in life. So he fits in right with us, as you can see that. He's a very, uh, what is this, left brain? Is that right, Joe? I always get that confused. Left brain or right brain? Left brain is the stats and stuff. Yeah, 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 that's us. That's he definitely is going to fit in right here, Mike. We're really happy to have you. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm I'm excellent. I'm happy to be here, and I I, I'm only just sad that I don't get a cool rhyme like like Joe (laughs) Matz. It's hard to rhyme Talanko. I get it though. Yeah, that would have been pretty impressive if I came out with that. Uh, but, you know, I was trying to do uh, some information research uh, for this podcast. So I didn't have time to put that together. Maybe next time. You're, you're good. Uh, we were discussing before, because none of us are negative people, we're going we're gonna to get the guys that are falling out of the way first because uh, I'd like to spend a little bit more time on the risers and the podcast on a positive note, uh, not talking bad about people, but let's get right. Actually, real quickly before we get in this, I just want to remind everyone that the IB sports podcast network is available on iTunes, Spotify, and anchor. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Obviously you subscribe to that podcast, rate and review on iTunes and share. So um I'm going to get right off the top with a guy that I know people are going to have scratching the head, but remember these are followers and our opinion. And for me and Joe, if, if you've seen us do this stuff before, it's normally has to do with where they're being drafted. And the first guy right off the bat is totally in that description. It's Antonio Gibson from the Washington, about said Redskins, Washington football team. He is currently the 11th running back and 17th overall player. Um, I'm a huge Gibson fan. I had him last year in a couple of leagues. He is a dynamic player, but the issue is he's being drafted as a running, a running back one. And there's guys like David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs who are more vital to their offense going after him. Uh, I think the addition of Fitzpatrick means they're going to throw a lot more, which yes, Gibson is a receiving back, but you got to also remember that they have J.K. McKissick, who is an outstanding receiving back. So he's going to take some of those plays. He's going to be in a lot on third down like he was last year. And I actually think Curtis Samuel is going to hurt him a little bit because we know that Curtis Samuel in Carolina was used for some rushing attempts. He's going to get some of those short, quick passes, maybe in the red zone or on, you know, second and short. And because of this, again, he is right now – the 17th player going off the board. I think you need to make sure you're 100% right on these running backs if you're taking them early, because if not, obviously it's a receiver-heavy league. And with running backs especially, every year we know there's guys uh, selected in the fourth round or later who end up being in that running back one uh, situation. And I think it's a lot safer year to year to take receivers in this position, if you're unsure about the running back 
And with the running backs, I'm always going to look for guys that I know are going to be vital to a team's offense. They're going to be involved almost no matter what the script is. And I'm really shocked that David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs are below Gibson. I think it's one of those deals where it's kind of the hype train, and I understand that. But, I mean, we saw what David Montgomery did, particularly down the stretch last year. He's also a good receiving back. Again, I'm, I love Antonio Gibson, but I just think that that ADP is too high, and that's why he's my first uh, follower. Mike, since you're the guest, who you got? <laughs> well, first off, I want to say I love uh, I love the Antonio Gibson call out there. And you have to realize, like, he scored a majority of his points, too, over a, a fraction of his games. Um, so just something to keep in mind, uh, even without being injured. So I love that. Um, great player, but uh, I get the I get the caution there. Hey, um, so if we want to follow there, so. This is a faller for me personally. Um, I, I've kind of hyped him up and drafted him a bunch of places. And, and, uh, and I'm starting to worry because there's some small nagging injuries in the preseason that are a little bit concerning, um, especially if you're like me and you're a little bit more wary of, of running backs who have a bit of a smaller frame to begin with. Um, and, uh, and also, if you're a zero RB kind of person or you're somebody who, you know, who tries to load up on those late round RBs, uh, you might find that Naheem Hines was really exciting, right? At the end of last year, because he ended up in, uh, I believe like uh, RB 15 in some formats, right? Catching a lot of balls out of the backfield, uh, being a great compliment, even with, um, with uh, Jonathan Taylor on the field. But I'm, I'm a little worried by some of the soft tissue stuff going on here. And mm-hmm. I'm, uh, already in the preseason uh and, and typically those small rbs if they if they get rocked around quite a bit you know they find themselves not there and you know he could easily lose his standing with uh with a marlin mac that is not wrecked this year right so um you know heinz is, is a cool fun gadget player but the team's not like invested in him financially or anything like that um so if you're running zero RB, like I like that McKissick call out you made out earlier, right? Like I think McKissick will still be used quite a bit um, and you can get him a little later than Hines. Uh, and, and I think he would be a better move. Hines has fallen a little bit for me. I have some O-line issues too, right, Joe? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully Quentin Nelson's going to be ready for week one, but we'll see. I mean, he's <laughs> the best guard in football. So he's a I think monster, any game he misses is a pretty big deal. That's a, a big difference. of a man. Who you got, Joe? Um, so my first faller is uh, Jalen Hurts. And, you know, I don't think his situation – up until a few days ago, his situation hadn't really changed that much. It was, you know, he's going to run enough. You hope that puts up enough points. Because I don't think anyone's expecting Jalen Hurts to light it up passing. Um, especially you look at that wide receiver core – uh, Devonta Smith's probably the number one, I'm assuming. And anytime a, a rookie wide receiver is your number one, it's usually not a great sign. Jalen Rager, everything I've heard so far is he's been a little bit disappointing. So you've kind of just got the tight ends that you really feel confident there. And he's last year it hurts. You know, he put up decent fancy numbers, but 56.2 PFF grade. Last season, um, that was just below Nick Mullins, and the only QB he graded higher than was Haskins. 
So I feel like if you give opposing defenses a whole offseason to be like, all right, be ready for this running attack coming out of Philly, I think they're going to be a little more prepared for it. And then you throw in that they just traded for Gardner Minshew the other day. I don't think you're making that trade unless you have some thought that, all right, Jalen Hurts might not, you know. Or your backup could be Joe Flacco. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like they're looking at it and they're like, either Hurts, it's insurance because he could get hurt because obviously you run the ball that much, higher chances of getting hurt. But also, if he doesn't play well, Minshew can come in there and play decent. I mean, you know, Minshew, I don't think anyone's excited when he comes in outside of for the mustache. But, you know, I, I just – to me, I look at Hurts and I'm like, you know, why, why would I take him over Trevor Lawrence right now? Um, I feel like – I think he's – Justin Fields and him, I wouldn't be surprised if they start about the same number of games. And if that happens, I'd rather have Justin Fields. So, to me, he still has that high-end potential if the passing game's okay and, and he's running. But there's guys I like more, I think, who have higher upside and probably higher – floors so you said those eagles receivers i mean when you have cd lan and justin jefferson i mean you should be fine oh wait a minute they didn't draft either one of those guys I forgot. <laughs> uh so yeah they definitely the eagles i think it's going to be rough this year and that that's my concern with hurts too is i just i mean i guess the you know glass half full is maybe they're down a bunch and that's going to lead to hurts getting a bunch of garbage points it's a falcons yeah. fan i've seen matt ryan live off that <laughs> some seasons that but, was Kirk cousins all last year right yeah. so that's his all, entire that's a, production that's a it was lot blake bortles when his name actually yep. meant yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, top 10 <laughs> so my second guy is amari cooper uh from the cowboys he's the 18th wide receiver 46 overall and again this is about adp i mean Cooper Cup, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Brandon Ayuk are all going after him. They don't have to worry about C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup stealing targets. Uh, both me and Joe have talked about previously. We think C.D. Lamb has a chance this year to just absolutely explode with what he did last year with like Andy Dalton and other guys. I can't even remember their names are that irrelevant at quarterback if Dak is healthy. Uh, and then also, I do have concern with the Cowboys, and I said this when we were you know did our first podcast on quarterbacks. With Dak's health, I mean, you know, we've already seen the shoulder stuff. Uh, and, I, you know, if he's healthy, that's great. But there's still a lot of mouths to feed there because you get you got to compete again with Gallup and Lamb. And I just really think Dallas is going to get back into leaning into the run game. I mean, you have Ezekiel Elliott, and they've sort of gotten away from, you know, really having a commitment to run the football. And when your defense is not great, which Dallas has not been the last couple of years, uh, you don't need to be trying to get into shootouts every week. You need to try to control the ball, wear down the opposing team, and, you know, hopefully your defense plays better being fresher. So um, I'm very high on Lamb. I actually like Gallup, too, where he's going. It's just Cooper right now being 46 overall and the 18th wide receiver. I'm starting to get the feeling Cooper's best days are behind him, and so that's a dangerous pick. He's got. He's definitely a guy i got to follow. Him. Hmm. I think that one's interesting because – I find Cooper to be somebody who for me is like right where he should be. Uh, If you were a quarterback and you had to choose between throwing a ball to Cooper or Gallup, who would you be throwing it to? It would obviously be Cooper. I just worry about, I think Lamb's going to take over as the number one target guy. And then Gallup's more of a downfield, you know, threat and if you're mm-hmm. saying lamb's going to get the most targets the next receiver i'd want is the one that's going to have the most potential for big play 
Well, the, yeah. the other thing too is obviously just with the Dak situation that also just adds a little more murkiness to any Dallas wide receiver. Who is right their now. backup this year? Oh my God! Is it still Danucci? <laughs> I. That's a great or... question. <laughs> someone awful, I'm sure. I I certainly hope it's someone awful. That's that's the dream. I for keep me. on getting to yours, <laughs> and then we'll we'll look up who Dallas's backup quarterback is. Yeah, uh, it's, it says Garrett Gilbert on ESPN. The, the, they have Garrett Gilbert, Cooper Rush, and Ben DiNucci are the three guys currently uh, competing for that spot. So yeah, so inspiring. <laughs> so, so yeah, gross, right? Maybe they should have looked at Minshew. Who knows? <laughs> but, 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 but um, yeah, no, just just a little pushback, just because. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. I think Gallup is a product his points are a pure product of the fact that he's on the same field with cooper and And i i think that um i think that you know cooper still has a lot of talent and a lot in the tank i agree with you maybe a little too high at that adp you mentioned um because he finished as like 20 last year and if you've got a competent quarterback and you have more running game, you know, it'll probably be a little bit lower, but I still can see him as like a back end or mid tier wide receiver too, as well. Um, it just, it all depends on Dak. Yep. You're right about that. Yeah. Um, and if we want to stick with some wide receivers, right. Some options on a team. Uh, let's talk about Russell gauge here. So uh, he went from Come after eh, my Falcons. He Sorry. went from everybody's favorite quote unquote sleeper, which, you know, that sleepers don't exist anymore, but, but he went from everyone's favorite sleeper to a, uh, to a sheer afterthought. And, and my note on my note says, thanks, Kyle Pitts. So, so, um, and, and he should be, he should be falling. Um, he's, he's a faller for me. Um, I still have seen him get drafted a little bit earlier, I think, in drafts than he should, because uh, I think people are still holding on to that, like, you know, uh, Julio's gone, so, like, another wide receiver is going to step up, and they have to have, like, these two wide receivers, and, like, um, man, Kyle Pitts is someone who I've started to come around on, like, I'm a little bit late on the train because how I feel about tight ends, typically, but like when you see him and you see him play like in the preseason you've, and you've heard like all the chatter and like, and you look at it, you're like, man, like if I, if I had to choose, like, I'm not throwing the Russell cage. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like this, this cat's been in the league for a few years and finally erupted because he had an opportunity. Right. And he's talented, obviously. And fantasies when talent meets opportunity, but I think his opportunities are going to be so thin that you're better off looking elsewhere um, for, you know, for a dart throw when it comes to, when it comes to the back end of your, of your roster, the back end of your bench, than Russell gauge. Yeah, they also added Mike Davis, who we know is going to catch a lot of passes out of yeah. the backfield. Right. And I think you're going to see a lot of two tight ends. That's what I was going to say. Gage yep. oh, yeah. with guy, Hurst. So. Yep. Yep. I, I completely agree. Joe, who yep. you got, buddy? Um, I feel bad just picking on the same team, but I, I've got <laughs> No, Miles you don't. Sanders you're a Giants here. fan. Don't lie, Joe. I, I will say as a Giants fan, I easily <laughs> uh, could have gone with some Giants in these spots. But I feel like everyone's wise enough to know that outside of Saquon, you should probably be steering clear for at least half your draft before you touch another giant but and even with be careful <laughs> yeah well like we said on our previous pod he's the uh, top running back we're fading a little but uh yeah so right now sanders is running back 18 this is this is like you said with gibson it's not like i hate miles sanders from like a talent standpoint or something he's a good running back i think you know he's averaged close to five yards of carry over his two seasons it's a good player but 
I think I, I would like him more if Minshew takes over the job because I, we've already seen James Robinson in a what about Flacco, similar yeah. situation. I, I don't want Flacco. Gross. As a Giants fan, I would like to see it. Uh, as a fantasy football or general football fan, that sounds horrific. Um, I just look at him. I, I just wonder about what his total usage is going to be this year. He's got a running quarterback who could siphon off touchdowns. Uh, Boston Scott was lively last year. I think you could see him come in. Uh, they got Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis. He came, I think he was a steal by the time he got to them in the fifth round. He's a really solid back. I just kind of think he's not going to see massive usage. I think, you know, you're looking at like maybe 200 carries. You know, the, those other guys are capable receivers, so, and it's not going to be a great passing offense. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of receptions. So, you know, again, like the player, but you just look at some of the other guys going behind him. Like You just mentioned Mike Davis, who, you know, you and I have been all over. We really like him. Um, James Robinson is still going behind him by about 10 picks. Now that Travis Etienne's gone, give me James Robinson. Um, you know, I don't even think Dobbins clears a spot because I would take Gus Edwards over Miles Sanders now. So, to me, there's just a couple other guys I'd rather have than a guy who I think is in a little – he'll be the lead back, but a little bit of a timeshare in an offense that I don't think is going to be that good. Uh, just so you know, I, Mike, I don't want you to think we're crazy. The reason we're so big on Mike Davis is just because of the situation. No. Uh, Todd Gurley last year, for God's sakes, was fantasy relevant <laughs> for about an eight-week stretch. And, I mean, it was his corpse – at that time, a scoring touchdown. <laughs> so I still think the Falcons offense is going to be and where he's going. We, we both were kind of high on Davis. Uh, this is probably going to surprise some people again, but I think a lot of people have lost their minds. Najee Harris <laughs> from Pittsburgh is the 10th running back and 13th <laughs> overall player. And the hype is out of control. If you are a fantasy expert and you are suggesting to take a rookie running back with the 13th pick, who has a bad offensive line and a quarterback that we're not even sure if he can still play. And again, you have guys <laughs> oh like God. Jacob Montgomery who are going around later. And at least you know what they're getting. Uh, and just, I'm going to be honest. They have more stable offenses. Uh, you're banking on a rookie doing this who historically they don't tear up the league their first year. And, I just – I can't believe he has moved all the way up to the 10th running back and 13th overall because I was very high on him coming out of Alabama. I was so excited to see him in the NFL. And, you know, before really the ADPs kind of started taking shape, I was like, man, Harris in the second or third round, like, okay, now we're talking some late second, early third. But just – I mean, that's the first pick in the second round. That's crazy. I would much rather – have a stud receiver there. Maybe Travis Kelsey's there. You grab him, he drops a little bit. And then you take one of those other running backs a little bit later. I just, and again, it's not anything against Najee Harris. I think he's going to be a fine player, but that's an awfully big gamble with your, you know, either first or second pick. And again, you know, I think the eighth, the 11th, 12th round is really where you win fantasy championships. But boy, if you screw up that first or second pick, you are fighting an uphill battle all year. That's why I'm fading Najee Harris. Yep. I, you know what? Najee Harris uh, went 10th overall yesterday in a draft. Uh, it's my home league, so, you know, things go crazy in home leagues. Right. But, but, but um, 
It, you know who it was? It was a person who didn't learn their lesson last year with CEH. Um, I didn't even right? think about that. Absolutely. We just saw last year, right? In a yeah. better situation. Yeah. Way better better situation. line. Yeah, yeah. Better QB. <laughs> you have only two receivers that people care about, not three. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Um, hey, let's let's stay on this train then, uh, because my next fade that I will share will be uh, Pittsburgh wide receivers at their at their current ADPs. Um, and it's for a lot of the same reasons we talked about crap line. We talked about like, who is Ben Roethlisberger these days, right? And <laughs> like, who are you, Ben? Uh, he used to be boom bust uh, or Mr. Boombustic, right? But now like, who is he? Um, and, and like, does he still have the power uh, to, you know, put up those six touchdown games every now and then uh, with his amazing receivers? Uh, will he get wrecked like in week two? Like um, it, there's just, there's so many variables there. And while all those wide receivers are really talented um, sometimes, especially like the, where I see like uh, Chase Claypool or Deontay uh, go sometimes I'm like, man, uh, <laughs> there are other options here uh, that you could go with on offenses where they don't have to battle two other good great wide receivers uh two other you know really good nfl players uh that we've seen do a great job in season uh there's just when, when you're looking at your at your projection right like you want to have an idea of what kind of points you're going to get and i find that those pittsburgh wide, wide receivers even let's say ben's amazing which one of them is going to be awesome this week right I don't know, you know, and, and neither do you. <laughs> so so got to play Cleveland uh, and Baltimore twice, right? Like it's not, I mean, it's just. Mm, yeah, uh, that, that is scary. <laughs> I'm completely with you. One, you know, has the drops and Johnson. Uh, Claypool is an ultimate boomer bus guy, which we saw last mm-hmm. year. I mean, can, great for daily fantasy. I don't really recommend that for season long. And, you know, who knows what Juju is at this point. Uh, it <laughs> seems like he, you know, talking about washed, it seems like he's heading that direction. <laughs> And just again, remember Ooh. that Big Ben was drafted in 2003. Like, yeah. you know, the rest of those guys are all gone. Rivers is retired. So now the rest of those guys are gone and Big Ben's still out there flinging it. Uh, I completely co-sign on that. The Steelers are another one of those teams that just – I'm trying to stay away. I mean, unless it's just something where a guy just plummets and, you know, you're getting unbelievable uh, capital with where their ADP is at. I'm with you. I'm kind of, you know, basically other than their I mean- defense, staying away altogether. And Ben also threw over 600 passes in 15 games last year. That's that's not going to happen. That's why they drafted Najee Harris. Yeah. So if so you remove, ben doesn't have to die. <laughs> yeah, and you remove some of those attempts, trying to feed three mouths at the same time becomes a lot more difficult. So yeah, yeah, I I can see it. Well, it's, it's just, it's when you look at all the situations, it's basic decision-making, right? Like there's so many variables that we don't have control over throughout the season. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, But one variable we do have a control over is looking at teams that have a lot of mouths to feed and looking at teams that have a couple mouths that get fed, no matter what the defense does um, and trying to find, trying to find those players that you can trust uh, versus players that you know are good, but, but who knows what's going to happen um based on on that scenario we're talking about boomer bus guys i know you got one joe coming up that, just mad that, that was gonna be my segue yeah exactly uh, my, sorry mike i took evans. your greeny tees man my bad 
Mike Evans, you know, a, a guy, yeah, a daily fantasy. If you get the, the week that he goes off, fantastic. Do you want to have a guy who is boomer bust in the season long? I think you generally want to avoid those guys. Last year, seven games with three receptions or less, seven games under 50 yards receiving. Uh, his totals, 70 receptions, just over 1,000 yards, 13 touchdowns saved him. You don't, you know, obviously Mike Evans is a good red zone target, but I don't feel great just being that touchdown dependent. And the scarier thing to me is he barely topped a thousand yards, hit 70 receptions on the dot. He played all 16 games. Godwin missed four games. Antonio Brown didn't come on until the end of the season. You know, it's another team where, yeah, you've got three really good players. I honestly like Godwin a little bit more than I like Evans. And when he's going like wide receiver 11, wide receiver 12, like he's going in that same range as a CD lamb who are, yeah, as long as Dak's healthy, I like CD lamb a lot more. I think Allen Robinson's guy clearly want more, you know, honestly. Yeah. I look at, yeah. You like I said, consistency in those first couple Robert rounds. Woods, this is not consistency. If, if you're buying into the, like Matt Stafford makes the Rams better, give me Robert Woods over Mike Evans. Especially yeah, the into the Rams. They're going to pass a lot. Like that. So, I don't care how the season goes. Those guys are going to eat. So yeah, but, I think Mike Evans for me is a clear wide receiver too. And he's still going in that fringe wide receiver one range. So there, I just think you have better options here, more consistent yeah. options, especially. I mean, Bobby trees. Uh, so shout out to Bob Lung out there, by the way. Uh, but, but uh, Bobby trees had a Robert Woods. That is, if you're not, if you're not, uh, <laughs> I had not heard not, that one before. I like if it, if you're not here with the nomenclature that today, uh, he was uh, roughly a couple points, depending on your scoring behind Evans last year, his, and his uh, consistency rating was uh, his percentage was exactly the same for boom boss games. And he had, um, he had a, uh, consistency rating that was like pretty much the same. Like just, when you're, you're going to say you're a horrible him, quarterback throwing to him. No, no, with a garbage quarterback throwing to him, right? Yeah. Um, and with Cooper Cup, I think in and out last year. I can't remember, uh, but I feel like he was in and out sounds last right. year. Um, sounds mm-hmm. right, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, uh, I I love that. I love what you're saying here. Go get you some Robert Woods instead of Mike Evans. I, I got him in one of my leagues yesterday. I'm feeling good about it plant those bobby trees <laughs> i shouldn't have to include this next guy on this list because people again should have learned the lesson but he's the 42nd wide receiver overall 108th uh excuse me 42nd wide receiver 108th overall i guess he changed uniform so people think it's uh, different he's with the miami dolphins now that's will fuller fuller is a great talent i watched him torch my atlanta falcons in houston uh two years ago it was one of the worst trips ever. Uh, but I mean, come on, he's playing with a quarterback who is basically Charlie check down. You're taking away his greatest strength because we, I mean, I hope Tua is eventually going to be able to throw the ball down the field, but he has not proven that yet. Uh, you got guys like Brandon cooks, uh, Chenault. They're going right before him guys after him, Pittman jr. Corey Davis, who I'm Again, ringing the bell. Corey Davis, guys, I, yeah. I said it a month ago. I'm going to continue to say it. Unbelievable. Love uh, it. Like where he's being drafted, man, you get a stud number one potentially like in the ninth, tenth round. Uh, and then Mike Williams is another guy who I, I like a lot more. 
I see, uh, I mean, the ninth round, again, is where I think you win fantasy leagues at nine to like 10, 11, 12 rounds where you really got to hit those picks. And to take a chance on a guy who, A, his health is always an issue. And just the fact that, again, the quarterback, I I hope Tua is going to be good because I really like Tua, even though he broke my heart as a Georgia Bulldog fan. But I don't hold that against him. But so far, it does not look like he is the quarterback that he was in college. And he's not going to be able to amplify the strengths of Will Fuller. And then on top of that, Fuller is not going to be their number one target. I mean, they got Waddle, who everybody is raving about, saying this kid has got unbelievable talent. They've got a possession receiver. They've got backs that catch balls, you know, in bunches. And they got a good tight end. You know, if if Tua makes this big leap, maybe I'd eat some crow here, but I'm pretty confident that you should stay the hell away from Will Fuller, go after those guys around him. Yeah, so many so many other options uh there too around there. And uh Fuller <laughs> will keep will keep your fantasy women winnings emptier, trust I me. <laughs> like I, I I love what you're spitting there. So um, like I'm, I'm going to do another, I'm, I'm going to come with my, my hard one last. So I'm going to do another, uh, I'm going to do a little softball here. So, right. <laughs> uh, so I personally was feeling pretty good for a while there. Uh, maybe I had the rookie fever, who knows, uh, but for picking up, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, because look, it's a wide, yep. it's a wide open competition there with Jared Goff, you know, who may, who made who made some wide receivers uh, halfway decent before. Um, and if you can get a guy that late and have him put up a ton of points, like you go get him, but he hasn't done anything with his opportunities in preseason. And quite honestly, like none of the wide receivers have there. Yeah. Uh, it's Keep bringing brutal. that bell for TJ Hawkinson, Joe, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> like the only option. Like I, I, like they're just there to distract from TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. I think is what it is. At Absolutely. This um, Hawk smash. Right. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And you know, I, he's a, I, I do still like him. I do still like him as a player. And I think it would be interesting to see what he can become. Cause he's not his brother. He's built differently than equanimous. He plays differently. Um, you know, he, he runs more, he runs more like slot kind of inside stuff. He's just, he's a slender life kind of quick, uh, guy where like equanimous is supposed to be that big, crazy dude. And we know how that turned out. So, <laughs> so, um, I, I don't want to like, let, I don't want to say like, I don't like St. Brown's, but I feel like if you, if you thought that was going to be your gamble at the end, like it's not, uh, at this point, all signs point to no. Yeah, he, he was a guy that I'd brought up just because on a previous pod, mm-hmm. the lack of talent on that receiving core. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't seem like it's happening, at least not anytime soon. Maybe, nope. maybe he's a longer term guy, but let me not ask this you guys year, something real think. quick before we move on to that. Does that make guys like Swift, Williams less valuable than what we've seen? Because I mean, with them not being able to throw the ball. It looks like to anybody other than Hawkinson, are, are they going to maybe figure it out? And that's going to mean, because I mean, Swift is really talented. Williams is great at what he does. But I'm nervous about both guys who I was high on earlier just because of what we've seen out of this offense, what golf can do, et cetera. Um, so, I, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, you go ahead. No, you go for it. Guess first, man. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, thank yeah, you. Exactly. Manners. Southern hospitality, <laughs> man. I was about to say the same thing. So Southern hospitality meets Midwest manners. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah. You know, when I think about Detroit and you, you think about it as a whole, right. So if none of these, if none of these cats is like showing up at wide receiver uh, and really just blowing it out and making us all turn our heads like Callaway, right. Like you think about somebody who's like got the opportunities he's taken hold. Um, yeah. If none of these guys are doing it, we know Hawk is perfectly capable uh, and they've got like capable running backs as well too. It almost makes you think like the pass game is like feed Hawk distract to other receivers you know they get like you know a handful of attempts for your uh targets for each other receiver you know and if they catch it they do and if they don't they don't um but i don't think they'll be stacking the box to try to like slow down like swift or williams i don't think they demand that kind of attention um and i think what you'll see is you'll you'll see uh defenses just kind of playing vanilla because they at least at the beginning of the season because Quite honestly, like nothing about that team like scares you, and it makes right. Don't use your good stuff against the Lions. (laughs) No, like just just vanilla defense. Like you don't have to use all your like crazy blitz schemes, like because they got unproven wide receivers. They got a tight end. We know they're targeting, Um, and if they're not targeting him, it's probably running. You know, running backs. So I I don't think it hurts them uh, because you know it'll be like Ben don't break kind of defense, but. I don't think it necessarily like makes them amazing either. Right. Like, like a yeah. good complimentary core would do. And I, I also say they're both very capable receivers. So if you're mm-hmm. in a PPR league, I just wouldn't worry about it that much. Cause Let's I think go. the volume for those two guys will be fine across mm-hmm. the board. Um, so my next guy is really just a, a pure, like for me choice because I hyped this guy a little bit on a previous pod and that's Adam Troutman for the saints. Because I, I had him as my sleeper tight end. I was like, you know, he could even be like tight end 11 or 12 this year. Uh, it has not gone very well since I said that. His uh, final two preseason games, he played 16 snaps and saw zero targets on a team that, as you just mentioned, Callaway came through and has been the guy they've needed. But there was an opening there and Troutman got zero targets. And then his next game, he got zero targets and got hurt. And now he's out one to three weeks. So as much as having Jameis Winston win that QB job helps everyone on that team, uh, Troutman's just a guy who just should be completely off your radar at this point. So that's just me backing off on one of my, my earlier guys. Uh, my last guy for the follower is a, a little bit higher rated tight end, and that's George Kittles. Uh, you know, he's the third tight end, 26 overall. Um, again, this is – all about where he's going. He's an unbelievable talent, but he's now missed 10 games the last two seasons. And Kittle seems to be like one of those athletes that when they start getting nicked up, it just seems to happen every year. Like he's such a physical specimen that you, I mean, Julio is a guy that reminds me of this, right? That he's so big, strong and fast and everything that it's just like, they constantly have little dings and, and things here and there. Uh, and he's being drafted when you can take receivers like, Ken Allen, C.D. Lamb, Allen Robinson, who I love all three of those guys. Or maybe you want to take it back. Again, I know I keep mentioning these guys, but like Jacobs, Montgomery, or even, I mean, Chris Carson. Uh, me and Joe are both so big on Hawkinson. And I think that you can get uh, maybe just as much, if not more, of Hawkinson this season, especially if Kittle's missed some games. And he's going three rounds later. He doesn't have to deal with any wide receivers, you know, taking targets. And I'm really big on Brandon Ayuk. Y'all that, you know, listen to the Daily Fantasy Podcast know that last year I hammered him 
and that middle tier wide receiver for basically the last seven, eight weeks of the season. And it paid off huge dividends. And again, Hawkinson doesn't have the injury concerns. And if you were telling me that Trey Lance was going to start 10 or more games, you can disregard everything I said, because I think Trey Lance is explosive enough and just completely opens up their offense to where I think that it would be worth having Kittles because he could have like just an unbelievable season with somebody like Trey Lance starting. This is not a you know shot or dig at Jimmy G, but Jimmy G is just very vanilla, and he is not going to, in my opinion, unlock Kittles to have this amazing season. I do wonder also with a 17-game schedule, if they don't, you know, I, I'm really curious to see if guys end up taking weeks off, like basically adding an additional box. I mean, when you're playing 17 games, that's a long season plus the playoffs. I think the 49ers are going to be sneaky good. You know, I'm really big on Trey Sermon. They've got Moser. I think you're going to see San Francisco run the ball a lot and then draw up the gimmick plays that Shanahan always does. And I just think that Ayuk, Samuel, those guys are going to be involved a lot more than they were those years that Kittles was putting up unbelievable seasons because neither of them were there. So, again, this is nothing against George Kittles. Great talent. But, I mean, 26 overall, to me, you better be a Kelsey. You know what I mean? You better be a Darren Waller. You better be somebody that I know is going to be the focal point in the offense. I just don't know if you can say that with Kittles, with Shanahan, with all the other weapons they got. I know he has amazing boom potential, but I'm worried about the bust and the injury potential. And again, for the 26 overall pick, I just think it's too high to take that risk. Yeah, I I, I love George Kittle as a player. I think from a non-fantasy standpoint, just pure like playing football standpoint, when he's healthy, I think he's the most complete tight end in football. But as someone who's uh, had him on my team in a keeper league for a few seasons, the injuries are very real. He does get super banged up. But, yeah, I, that's a legitimate worry for me as much as I love his actual game. Yeah, so why don't you I, go ahead? Then we'll let the guests go last since he said he's going to come in hot with the last one. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I can um, tell by your tone there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that's Joe all the time, Mike. No, was, he's yeah, pretty monotonous. It's all deadpan. <laughs> um, so my last guy is Latavius Murray. Um, for years now, you could just be like, all right, He's one of the top handcuffed guys. I, there was one season I had him. He got started two weeks, scored like 20 plus, plus points both weeks. One of the most undervalued guys like the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and a month ago, my assumption was this season is the exact same. You know, lock, you know, he's put him right around running back 40, top handcuff. And then Tony Jones Jr. out of Notre Dame came on. Scene, Hello. And <laughs> he was seeing – I think he started one of the games, if I'm correct, on one of the preseason games over Murray because they're not playing Kamara. And, yeah, it seems like he's a real shot at the number two spot. I know the athletic beat reporter for the Saints called him the second best running back on the team. And, I mean, Murray's got a $3 million non-guaranteed contract. It's it's not out of the question they could even just cut Murray because they also have Devonta Smith, too, that they added on. Although, at this point, I don't think there's much left there. But, yeah, there's just – if the guy's not the top handcuff and Tony Jones Jr. might unseat him, you know, I don't even know if he's worth drafting at this point. And there's a chance, right, if Winston plays well, and I know that all three of us actually think he's a steal right now where he's mm-hmm. at, 
Peyton could unleash him. I mean, people got to remember the Saints until the last couple of years because Breeze was washed. They loved the last year that football. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I mean, mm-hmm. they may just let Winston cook. Right. And that's not good for Murray because he is not somebody that is going to be catching passes. I mean, really what he's lived off of is goal line carries and just you yeah. know being consistent, getting opportunities. Yeah, it, it could be real exciting uh, down there. And I, I agree that he's Murray is someone who's been slept on for a while, but now it's time to now it's time to shut your eyes. Right when I figured it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, you hate when that happens. Absolutely. Uh, so, look, we've talked a lot about like uh, consistency and or lack thereof when it comes to some of these different people. So this is my last one here for you. Uh, this one hurts a little bit. He's 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 been a darling for me. He's been somebody I draft and like get excited about every year. Uh, but uh, last year, you know, uh, last year kind of sealed the deal for me with Tyler Lockett. Uh, he's one of the, he's one of those guys where like, if you're looking, you know, if, if you're, if you're looking at like, you know, stat sheets and where he's ranked for, for some people and you're looking at how many points he put up last year, like, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. Sorry. I, if I can't say hell on the show, oh, you can say <laughs> <laughs> good, <laughs> but, uh, but you're like, Oh yeah, Tyler Lockett. Hell yeah. Let's take him. Right. Yeah. Um, but my God, uh, like you either get it or you don't. And you really, really don't when you don't get it from him. Um, mm-hmm. And whether whether you believe in like Eskridge or anything like that, it doesn't matter because uh, D- DK is now the new like ascendant there. Right. He is the first option. So it was it was Doug Baldwin and 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 uh, and Tyler Lockett then. Doug started getting old and it became like Tyler Lockett all of a sudden. And, and like, now you got DK like looking amazing. And, and while Tyler will still be a decent player, like where he's going to rely on him for what you want to rely on him for uh, at, I think it was somewhere around like wide receiver, like um, 17 or something like that. When I looked, it might be higher. Uh, it's like 20. Right, I mean, it's right there. Yeah. About right. Yeah. yeah, right around 20. So if you're looking at him right around 20, like you're looking at other people like Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'll take I'll take that gamble. Um, you're looking at DJ Moore, maybe that I know a lot of people are high on him. Uh, so you're you're looking at um Thielen just a little bit above. Um taking taking Brandon Ayuk, who you just talked about, right? Somebody who we've seen the talent, like, and we've seen the usage uh, in, a, in a small sample, you know, before he got hurt. But, like, you, you had something to be excited about there. Um, I'd rather take a chance on OBJ, who's yeah. a little bit later. Seriously, <laughs> oh, yeah. I know that's crazy. No, no when, you, when you look at where they're going in the draft, I think yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring it up, too, because uh, we, we did a pod for IBT when we re- released our, our draft guide. Shout out for that. Um, and I, I put OBJ as one of my um, one of my people who was I, I don't forget if it was like a, a sleeper or something like that. But I'm like, dude, like OBJ uh, is currently in the wide receiver three bracket. And he's moved up a little bit since since we published it. But like he's currently like averaging like a wide receiver three pick if if he misses like it's not really costing not bad. Your, it's not yeah. costing your team very much if he hits let's go right exactly. <laughs> like um he's somebody to take a he's somebody to take a risk on like that not tyler lockett like 
the points are there, but they're not going to be there when you want them. <laughs> right? No, yeah. I, I have experienced that firsthand with Tyler Lockett because he was a guy who I loved. I was like, yes, Tyler Lockett, he's under the radar. And then DK came on and yeah, you you get games where he has one or two points total. It's just, it kills you. Yeah, Mike, we do again, brutal. daily fantasy. Last year, yeah. in ascended, me and Joe just decided fuck Metcalf and Lockett because it was like if we picked either one of them they would be the other one I'm talking about literally every time nothing and it's just again I want somebody who's going to be more consistent that's why Metcalf to me again unbelievable talent by the end of the year he'll probably be a top you know 10 maybe top five receiver but week to week he will cost you games because he just disappears and on top of that, he's got corners in his own division that just take his lunch every single time uh, they line up. And that's not even the, a, a report that came out today that really was interesting is uh, Everett Wilson has said is already becoming a, to- a go-to target at tight end. And that's something that we know mm-hmm. Russell has thrown to a lot of tight ends that honestly don't have any oh, yeah. talent. Everett's got a lot of talent. Uh, and that could be something, again, that's going to take away from, you know, Lockett's ability to, to – basically get the points that he needs to, to be, you know, drafted where he is. So what we're going to do real quick, guys, is I'm going to go ahead, Mike, and let you plug this. We're going to go ahead and stop this and we're going to do two separate podcasts and then we'll just record (laughs) the other one and upload it. So uh, I know it's not going to surprise any of our listeners that we had to do this. We had to do the same thing with rookies and free agents. So we didn't have an hour and 20 minute podcast. Uh, So Mike, why don't you plug some stuff real quick? <laughs> well, hi, I'm Mike Tlenko. I'm at the third Mike. You can find me at the third Mike everywhere, except for I think Instagram. I'm at the third Mike everywhere. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> like with the word everywhere on there. <laughs> so enjoy that. Um, but uh, I write, I'm a columnist for IBT, and which is in between media. You can find us at at IBT underscore media. We do, we're heavy on lifestyle, but we have some really good analysts when it comes to um to your dynasty and to your weekly lineups uh, for redraft and on top of that too we also have like nascar and some other uh golf and like we got a lot of stuff on there a lot of great people uh and and again a a big focus on life with some great advice in there too we're trying to do it a little different um and uh shout out to if you're ever looking for another league to get into uh, i run the giving league which is a a 48 team this year uh, tournament wow. where where the the top team gets their um gets half the money which is 25 bucks a pop so you do the math uh and i had a couple of extra donors so it's it's gonna be this year it's gonna be like a 13 or 1400 bucks total so probably like 20 uh, around like uh 12 to one and like 12 to the other i, I don't know i can't do math right now but uh <laughs> but, but like 1200 to one or 1200 to the other charities is probably what's going to end up be this year um for first place and runner up and uh we started it to to help combat um or at least that's maybe the wrong choice of words but to help relieve uh domestic violence uh, victims. Mm. so um so yeah, some some real big, uh, something really cool, and uh, spots spots are starting to open up for next year. So uh, hit me up if you're looking for another fun league. We do lots of cool stuff in that league. Aside from just having a league, um, lot lots of really good stuff uh, for you. So uh, thank you. I appreciate being being on here and you let me just uh, rattle on. We're gonna we're gonna like I said we're gonna do the other one. I'll, I'll give you a big thank you at the end of that podcast. Sure. Joe, you got anything you want to plug? Um. I've now taken on the role of uh, 
the movie reviewer for a uh, podcast, Roses and Rhetoric. So nice. if anyone wants to, today I had a huge rant about uh, the new Space Jam. So if anyone wants to hear that, <laughs> search that out. Okay, boomer. It's a fun time. But yeah, so Roses and Rhetoric, check it out. It. Joe is uh, seriously one of the smartest guys to talk about television and movies with. I, I'm a movie and TV buff, but I don't watch it the same way Joe does. It makes me feel like man did, did i miss all that so i'm excited to hear you're doing that uh and again just want to plug the ivy sports podcast network itunes spotify and anchor uh and like i said we're going to try to upload both of these uh tomorrow at the same time uh worst case though it might be this one first and and then obviously the risers after that but the three of us will be back to talk about the guys we have rising in the draft but this has been a weekly daily fantasy football podcast on the ivy sports podcast uh, network covering the guys that we would avoid in drafts 